Thanks for listening to this podcast of Trending with Timory. If you haven't already subscribed, please catch us wherever you love to listen to your podcast, from the Relevant Radio app to Apple, YouTube, you name it, we are there. And if you listen on Apple Podcasts, please be sure to go and give us a five-star review to help other people discover the podcast. Anything you share in terms of episodes, whether it's texting it to a friend, posting on social media, helps to build up the kingdom for God to help confront the challenging issues we face as a culture, but with joy, with hope, and with an eternal perspective where our faith collides with everyday life, bringing eternal principles to help us live our life joyfully. So, what's trending? Bridging your Catholic faith with your everyday life. You're listening to Trending with Timory on Relevant Radio. It is so good to be with you on this Friday. Joining me in just a moment will be Dr. Susan Caldwell. Dr. Susan Caldwell is your person to talk to if you're struggling to get pregnant, want to have children, get off of birth control, regulate your cycle, have PCOS, endometriosis, thyroid issues. Ask your questions of this woman's health and fertility and infertility specialist, Napper doctor, Dr. Susan Caldwell, while, while we will give candid answers filled with faith as well as sound medical science that respects your body and doesn't ask you to do anything morally compromising or damaging to your body in order to have children. So if you have a question, the number is 1-888-914-9149. You can also ask your question on social media. Just send me a message at Timmery. That's T-I-M-M-E-R-I-E. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We're there and we're watching throughout the show. So if it's easier, that's the way you can ask. We're going to be talking today about Jennifer Aniston finally opening up and telling all in a recent Allure magazine cover for December about her IVF and fertility struggles. What's wrong with fertility? How does it impact a woman's body? We're going to talk about that. We'll also dive into the transition that many women are making from birth control to natural family planning. So getting off the pill, what does that look like? I've shared a little bit about some of my struggle of late and over the last couple years with needing progesterone support uh, in order to get pregnant, in order to stay pregnant, preventing miscarriage, and then also to prevent preterm labor, which as some of you know has been a little rough the last few weeks in particular for me. Uh, so we'll talk about how important progesterone is in pregnancy and in the life of us women in general. Gentlemen, don't go away. These are important topics for you to hear as well. I can't tell you how many men have said, you know what, we've been struggling with fertility. This was the first scientific, medically-based piece of information I ever heard to help my wife and I have a child or help address you know, these serious health issues, such as polycystic ovarian syndrome and endometriosis that was really impacting the day-to-day. -day. I remember I was maybe a couple months into marriage and I have a lot of food allergies and I finally said, you know, I'm not pregnant. I really want to eat this one food. And so I had some, I don't remember if it was dairy or what it was exactly. Dairy and something else that I was allergic to. I said, I just want to do it this once. It totally threw my body out of whack and it triggered my polycystic ovarian syndrome. And I remember just sitting on the couch one day looking at my husband going, I don't feel like myself. Something's up. And that's when after years of knowing about NAPRO doctors, NAPRO physicians helping with fertility and infertility, I found myself there within a couple months finding out about some of my fertility struggles that were uh, occurring and needed to be addressed. So if you have a question, the number is one 888 
888-914-9149. Dr. Susan Caldwell can be found. Her website is amazing with lots of resources for women's health beyond birth control. Check her out at drsusancaldwell.com. I'll post a link on social media. Dr. Caldwell, welcome back to Trending. Hi, Timri. I'm so happy to be here. Let's talk a little bit about actress Jennifer Aniston's story. I am sure you have followed her over, over the years from Friends mm-hmm. to being married to Brad Pitt and the scandal um, with, mm-hmm. you know, everything from, I remember Mr. and Mrs. Smith and Angelina Jolie. And it's been interesting following Jennifer over the years. She's someone who always seems to make it back onto the cover of a magazine. Uh, people are mm-hmm. always talking about who's in her love life and whether or not that's a baby bump that she has. Now, it's been interesting the last couple of months in particular, but it's been a theme over the years. Jennifer Aniston has always been rather defensive about the fertility topic. Now, she finds herself in her early 30s, I think about 52 or 53 now, and Mm -hmm. she, in a recent Allure magazine cover for December, ended up giving a tell-all sort of with the topic of fertility and finally shared that she actually went ahead with walking through an IVF fertility journey and that she's just been sick of hearing people talk about does Jen have a bump or the narrative that Mm. she's so selfish and she was a career woman and that the reason Brad Pitt left her was because she couldn't have children and so she's finally speaking and I think there's so much to discuss in her story. I'd like to hear your thoughts as a medical professional but also someone who's been through this as well. Yeah, it's really, you know, heartbreaking just to read this, this piece um, and to hear the pain um, in her story, just the, you know, the loss of, of marriage, the, the grief of not being a mother. But at the same time, she talks about how, you know, she's glad it's behind her, you know, and how hard the baby making road was and, Um, so I just want to reverence that, you know, there's so many people who, you know, take fertility for granted, you know, and, and, and for whatever reason, no blame. Um, but, but it just highlights the point that, you know, let's say, you know, for, if, if a woman is a working woman, great, but, you know, when, like we, I, I don't know exactly what her diagnosis was or whatever, but. It's so important to hold the health um, there as well as like as much of a value as anything else that we might, you know, reach for in our life. You know, for in my case, I was a doctor and I I took the pill in order to um, not get pregnant while I was in my studies and therefore ended up infertile um, at the end of those 10 years. Um, really because I had been taking the pill, really. <laughs> I had a, a few other mm-hmm. issues, but, and it's heartbreaking because that, that might be her story as well. Um, and and I, it, it, it does, it breaks my heart to, to think of that. So, you know, I would just, for all of us, you know, who are listening, who are maybe thinking, man, I really don't want this to happen, you know, to really take, take heed, you know, even, and she said in here, that she wished that someone would have told her to freeze her eggs. Um, And while that does sound like a great option on the superficial level, um, I, it's, it's really not 
the way to go, <laughs> right? So if, so if someone's hearing mm-hmm. this and saying, look, I'm, I'm just getting married, I'm going to, you know, b- become a lawyer or a doctor or whatever, I would, hi- I would just recommend, hey, start charting 99% effective in preventing a pregnancy and you get to keep your health. And you're not, you're not signing up for a, a possible long road of infertility. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for those who maybe aren't really aware of what charting is, that's following natural family planning and yeah. the fertility care awareness method where you can know when you're fertile, when you're not fertile. Now, ideally, we're using that with respect to our bodies. We're within the context of marriage. And, you know, there's information, yeah. data we're learning, but it's better than what's happening right now with this culture of hormonal contraception that is literally like this hormonal bomb on our bodies. And as you shared, Dr. Caldwell, after 10 years of using the pill, going through medical school, uh, working as a a physician, it led to infertility in part for you, which is why I want to talk a little later about coming off of the pill and transitioning uh, to natural family planning. But there are so many things in this story, uh, Dr. Jennifer Aniston's story uh, where she's Mm -hmm. telling all that she did try to have children, that she was trying to have children in her late 30s and her late 40s. And she said she went through a really, really difficult time. And she said, you know, I was trying, I was trying to get pregnant. Now, many women, when they do in vitro fertilization, Dr. Caldwell, they go through multiple rounds. These rounds of IVF are very, very expensive and they have a very low success rate in general. Uh, but they're mm-hmm. also very misleading numbers out there when it comes to success rates. And I know that, it, you know, in on the high side of success rates, it's really only one in four women eventually have uh, children after multiple rounds of IVF. Yeah. And that's if you're in your late 30s and 40s. It doesn't account for the many babies that are miscarried or the many stillborn babies uh, later on in the pregnancy. Mm. I knew this woman who went through IVF and I think about 30 weeks, they had a stillborn, stillborn baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had a gestational carrier, a surrogate, a woman who was carrying the baby and it was heart wrenching. And so this IVF journey is just full of so many false promises and it's so hard on women's bodies. Can you speak a little bit to that part of it as well? Yes. Yes. Um, you know, it's so unnatural, you know, starting from, you know, they start women on birth control to suppress their natural ovulation before they use super high doses of follicle stimulating drugs to force a woman to ovulate um, instead of one follicle, which might be natural, she might have 20 plus follicles that are all, you know, um, active at one time, really unhealthy. And then what I see in women who are infertile or who have recurrent miscarriages, um, unless we get to the root of those problems, let's say there's an infection in the uterus. Okay. And that's causing, you know, recurrent miscarriages. Well, unless that's treated, you're never going to have a healthy pregnancy. But so many of these underlying you know, root cause illnesses are not being diagnosed. And then these women are getting pregnant, losing the baby, or even if they didn't lose the baby, let's say they did have a healthy pregnancy and and they've never been able to make progesterone naturally. They might have postpartum depression 
or they might have, you know, severe PMS after. So in other words, you're just kicking the can down the road the entire time. Meanwhile, the woman and her health are being dismissed the entire time. Right. And that's both with in vitro fertilization as well as harvesting your eggs by freezing your eggs because you go through a process to get your body to produce multiple eggs at once, which isn't normal. Usually we only uh, produce one egg, you know, in, in a cycle. And so this hyperovulation is also contributing to all of this. And I just think about my own story. You know, I have polycystic ovarian syndrome syndrome and Hashimoto's disease. And knowing that and treating that uh, helped me to get pregnant and has also helped me to know these triggers that could lead to miscarriage while I'm pregnant or lead to a contribution of preterm labor, which I'll share a little bit about later on when we talk about the importance of progesterone in pregnancy. But it's the culture is being lied to. Women are being lied to. Do IVF freeze your eggs? I remember, I think I was maybe six months married and woman said, well, why don't you have children yet? I was one of my Pilates clients. And I said, um, well, I'd love to have children, you know, in God's timing, but you know, I do have some health issues and we're working through it. And right away, the woman just stops and she looks, she's like, I just don't get it. Why don't you just do IVF? And I was so taken aback by her response. I said, well, what do you mean? I've only been married six months. And she said, well, just do IVF. And I said, well, do you know what IVF does to your body and she's like oh it's fine you know if you want children you know we do what we have to as women to have children right and it was heartbreaking because I think as a culture we kind of do think pregnancy is just hard on a woman's body so if you can't have children just make the sacrifices manipulate your body use the chemical bombs to either prevent pregnancy or when you want it to achieve pregnancy yet we aren't realizing just how used and abused our bodies are. And I think that that's something that stood out to me, Dr. Caldwell, when I was looking at the photos of the Allure magazine cover of Jennifer Aniston. Um, she's showing a lot of her body and, you know, very, very beautiful woman. I think she's one of the most beautiful women. Um, and yet so much of her body's being exposed. And I kept looking at that photo, Dr. Caldwell, and thinking, you have been so used up by our culture, but also by your husband, by this divorce, and then by in vitro fertilization. And then you're sitting here saying, I wish someone told me to freeze my eggs earlier. Mm -hmm. My heart was breaking just looking at this picture of her saying, you have been told a lie and your body has been sold and manipulated in so many ways. It it was just heartbreaking to Mm -hmm. even look at that photo of her for me. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. It's just the objectification of of her, um, and that. But that's a story of so many women um, who are, you know, we want to be beautiful. You know, we want to be loved. We want to be successful. You know, all these really good things. Um, but yet, you know, we we can't let ourselves um, be treated like a thing in the meantime. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm thinking of just like the, the, the concept of consent, you know, as, you know, the, the lady who talked to you in your Pilates class, like she probably had, has no idea the harms of IVF. Um, mm-hmm. and then, and then even, you know, the FDA is, is bringing, um, us to, uh, kind of a vote and to consider, um, having birth control be over the counter now. You know, that's another issue. But my point is the consent is not there. 
you know, we have these powerful drugs, whether it be IVF or whether it be birth control, that they're hurting women, in some cases killing women. Um, and it's being, you know, kind of marketed as a way, a quick, easy way to get what we want, you know, to have our dreams come true, but at what cost? So it's, I'm just so glad, Timory, that you have this show and that you're sharing this. And, and to be honest, like I thought the Catholic Church a long time ago was this repressive, you know, organization, patriarchal, it didn't understand. But it turns out, you know, that the church really is the place um, that helps us to, to be, to become who we are created to be and to be fully alive and to see the truth. Um, in the places that the darkness might bring us. And, you know, I think the church was so providential back in the 60s as you know, it was becoming normal to use hormonal contraception. And Pope Paul VI, Pope St. Paul VI, at the time, you know, talked about the warning of reproductive technologies yeah. and that women would be used and abused by men, that uh, countries, nations, governments would use it to control the population. We've seen all of that happen um, to women and to families and to the culture. And I hope people will listen. I know you have shared very candidly, Dr. Caldwell, your own story of, um, you know, being this medical professional who helps women with fertility and infertility um, crises. But it, it came from also transitioning your medical practice after having also experienced that fertility crisis and having gone through in vitro fertilization. So we'll share a link on social media to your story. Um, and I know part of the reason why we object to IVF is because, and to freezing eggs is because in the process of either artificial insemination or in vitro fertilization, abortion is almost always part of that process, as well as just um, the discrimination against human life based on genetics, as well as uh, we also see the negligence and the damage done and how babies are handled and carried um, in this fragile state when, you know, there wasn't maybe the most conducive place. So it's it's destructive. It actually does cause death for some children. And so that's the Catholic, you know, understanding of the destruction of human life. But the Catholic Church, as you mentioned, also touches on the fact that this simply isn't good for women. And your story is so powerful uh, to speak to that. So we're going to share a link on social media to that. But if you could just share for a moment, Dr. Caldwell, why after this whole experience that you yourself went through why you would tell a woman like don't go there it's not worth it yeah so you know as as I've shared I have three children because of one cycle of IVF which many would say wow you know how could you complain about that you know, your dreams came true you know one cycle of IVF yes but to what cost? You know, I ended up really sick in the hospital from the drugs. They were too strong for me. Um, you know, what, what I really needed is I really needed someone to talk to me, to hear what symptoms I had, to ask me about my diet, to do basic hormone testing, and to let me know that, you know, when you get off the pill, it takes time to heal for your cycles to heal. And if somebody could have worked with me mm -hmm. in order to, to, you know, so the idea is let's get healthy, you know, instead of just sacrificing health in order to, you know, hurry up and um, hotwire your system 
to be able to create a baby. You know, I had a very difficult, not only was I hospitalized early in the pregnancy, very, very sick with, with fluid in the abdomen, um, electrolyte disturbances that really could have affected my heart. I was very sick, nauseated, vomiting, you know, overnight in the hospital. But my whole bed, my whole pregnancy, I was on bed rest. I had triplets initially, um, mm. lost one at nine weeks. Um, and so the two surviving babies were at risk the entire time. Mm. The entire time, they their lives were in the, the balance. And so the stress mm. of that in my system, and I, I know that you're aware of this, when a mother is under stress, the baby feels that. You know, the baby hormonally understands. And so I was scared the whole time. And so none of it was really good. I mean, by the grace of God, they're here, they're beautiful, but it could have been done in such a more gentle, um, affirming uh, way. And, and in my case, I, I have you know, at least 10, maybe 15 embryos that were lost in the process. So it was an abortive process. Um, and mm -hmm. so it, it was just, it didn't have to happen that way. Yeah. So I wouldn't yeah. recommend it. No way. Mm -mm. And so hard for women to hear too. And I know that you have been through so much healing, but like to say those embryos, like those babies in the earliest stages of development, yes. it's heart wrenching for women to hear, but you are so truthful. You are helping women now understand this when they're wanting IVF and you're saying, this isn't, this isn't what you want. This isn't what God designed for your body. This isn't what will help you heal from your brokenness of being, um, being a unable, uh, struggling to have children. And I have known so many women who have turned to natural physicians like yourself, treated underlying health causes. You know, maybe it was progesterone, maybe it was thyroid disease, maybe it was PCOS and they have children. In fact, I, you know, have a family member who just had a miracle baby after years of thinking she wouldn't have a child. She had endometriosis. She has a baby now. And isn't that exciting? that you know for mm. some it's a yes for some it's not now and for some it's you know this isn't the time you know maybe God has a different plan in store and it's so hard uh, to make peace with that but through the entire process we want to make sure that women are healthy and whole that they don't have to look back and say I lost a child because of this choice I made and how to try to conceive or because I mm. quote unquote selectively eliminated a baby when too many babies were implanted or that mm -hmm. I lost my health for the rest of my life or my mental state because many women really struggle mentally to recover from in vitro, in vitro fertilization yes. whether they have children or not. So if you're yes. struggling to get pregnant, if you want to have children, if you want to get off birth control, regulate your cycle, maybe you're struggling with one of these things right now, please give us a call with your questions. Women's Health and Fertility and Infertility Specialist, NAPRO Dr. Susan Caldwell is with me now. Numbers 1-888-914-914. Four nine, Dr. Caldwell, I want to talk about transitioning from birth control to natural family planning. Uh, I see so many women, as you mentioned in your own story, 10 years of birth control use and suddenly you couldn't have children. What do you recommend uh, in helping women to understand this transition from one way of thinking into another and a different way of mm -hmm. treating her own body? Yeah. And, and Yes, exactly. The, the mindset is huge. I cannot overemphasize the difference between a contraceptive mindset and one that 
that uh, appreciates fertility. So I really thought naively that when I stopped the pill, that I would get pregnant within two months because my whole married life to that point, um, I had been afraid of getting pregnant. That was a their, pregnancy was a fear. It, pregnancy was a threat to my well-being um, the entire time. And so all of a sudden, my mindset was going to switch to, oh, now I want to get pregnant. So it was very strange to be in that space intellectually, but then to put that pressure on my body as if there was a switch that could just be flipped. Um, yeah, and and when I stopped using birth control and we started to try to get pregnant in the first few months, um, there were no signs of fertility on the fertility awareness method that I was using. And I was really upset about that. I was mad at my body. I had nobody to tell me um, how to, how to um, be patient. Um, and, and I had to gently look for the signs that my ovaries were waking up, that my brain was... Um, my brain was speaking to my ovaries that everything was working as it should. Isn't that so challenging? You're probably in the middle yeah. of going, well, why? Why? And I think that's the question many people have. Like, okay, I shouldn't my body go back to normal now? So the question mm. is, is that do you need to detox from birth control? What do you mm. need to do to make that yeah. transition when you're ready to have children or want to start practicing natural family planning so that one day, you know, maybe when you get married, yeah. you can, God willing, be able to conceive a, mm -hmm. a child? Yeah. So, right. So I would say, I mean, you know, of course, there's, it's always a good time to get off of birth control, right? <laughs> it's always a good time because for some women, birth control can be especially toxic and very difficult to detox from. Some women do get pregnant the first time, the first month that they're off birth control. So every woman is different. Um, but, you know, I do recommend as soon as the woman has, um, and hopefully her husband, have learned about fertility awareness, have convinced themselves like of the mindset of this is a good thing, um, and have some resources. So Natural, wom natural Womanhood um, has a great um, kind of resource for getting off the pill. I've, I've linked that in my Instagram um, bio. Um, and also the Hormone Genius podcast is a great place to go. And this is, these are ways to just learn about um, how to care for the body. Mm -hmm. Instead yes, of ways to learn how to care for body. Yes. And I appreciate that you mentioned these resources because their basic means for us to understand as women how to go through uh, that transition, to understand, you know, things that are happening, to even understand the difficulty of everything from the acne, the change in libido, to the depression, the insomnia, the hair loss, uh, the waking, the bloating, all of it, so that not only are we hopefully one day able to have a child, but also we're treating our body and our body's approach um, to life is allowing us to be uh, more whole and healthy. So if you have a question, for Dr. Caldwell, 1-888-914-9149. If you supported us here during our pledge drive, we met our need, but it's not too late to donate. You can donate now at relevantradio.com. 
You're listening to Trending with Timry, where you can discuss what matters most to you. Join the conversation, 888-914-9149. Welcome back to Trending. It's so good to be with you. If you're struggling to get pregnant, you want to have children, now is your hour. Give me a call. My guest today is Dr. Susan Caldwell. She's a women's health and fertility and infertility specialist a NAPRO physician, uh, whether it's PCOS, endometriosis, thyroid issues, and you name it, she can answer your questions. Number's 1-888-914-9149. And I want to let you know I'm so grateful if you've donated and supported or prayed for us this week during our pledge drive. We've been working to raise $3 million by this afternoon, and you did it. You helped us reach that goal so that we can continue to do the work that we do here at Relevant Radio. 200 radio stations across the nation strong. We are growing. We've launched new stations everywhere from Washington State and Seattle and the heart of a city that needs this conversation to Texas, all over the nation, Southern California. So thank you. If you haven't donated yet, every donation goes to continue to grow the work here at Relevant Radio, help us purchase new stations and just operate day to day. So in Thanksgiving for your support. And in thank, in praying for an end to abortion, will you please join me now in praying the memoire and thanksgiving for all of this and for an end to abortion here in the United States and also for all women who are struggling to have a baby. If you are struggling, know that I'm praying for you. You can always send me your names as well. I'm thinking of Anna and Victor. I'm thinking of Caitlin. I'm thinking of Anna. Uh, so many of you who's reached out with your stories, your loved ones' stories. We are praying for you and offering this prayer up for you now. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession, was left unaided. Inspired with this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions. But in thy mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We were discussing just a few moments ago with Dr. Susan Caldwell, uh, transitioning off of birth control onto natural family planning method that respects the body. She mentioned a resource from Natural Womanhood for getting off of the pill. You can check that out on my social media link as well as Dr. Caldwell's on Instagram. We've tagged her. It'll be in the episode notes as well if you want to start to walk through that journey. Dr. Caldwell, we have so many questions coming in fertility journey. I want to make sure we can get through all of them because so many women are out there looking for answers today. Lucy on Instagram asked, will surgery to remove endometriosis help or hurt chances of a healthy pregnancy? Oh, I think we're reconnecting to Dr. Caldwell. We lost her yeah, there for just a I moment. Heard, I know that she's worked yeah. a lot with patients who have endometriosis, and I think we just got her back. So again, the question is, yeah. will surgery to remove endometriosis help or hurt chances of a healthy pregnancy? Okay, we're, we're, well, we're having I, some connection I heard, issues with Dr. Caldwell, but oh, yes. here she is. Go ahead, Dr. Caldwell. Yes. I just, all I heard was, will endometriosis surgery help or hurt? But I didn't hear the rest of the words. Yes. Yes, will it help or hurt a healthy pregnancy? 
Okay, we're coming right back to Dr. Caldwell. We're having a little bit of time. Devil's in the details. Sometimes this is such an important topic. So stick with us. We're taking your questions. We're going to reconnect to Dr. Caldwell and make sure that connection's nice and strong. So many questions. And I will just share. We're going to talk about this in a little bit. Um, we're going to talk about progesterone and progesterone's role in pregnancy and in our month-to-month cycles. I know I shared with some of you how difficult progesterone has been for me over the years, um, both trying to get pregnant. I didn't know that I was low on progesterone, and you need progesterone in order to get pregnant. It's part of what we have rise in the luteal phase of our cycle in those last 10 days leading up to a new period, and it's what allows for the baby to start developing. If your progesterone's too low, um, the baby won't uh, be able, that new life won't be able to start sometimes to begin with, or sometimes the baby will uh, die in those very early stages of pregnancy leading to a miscarriage. And with both of my baby girls now, uh, my progesterone was very, very dangerously low at the beginning of my pregnancies. And so what we had to do with that uh, was supplement a natural progesterone in order to make sure that I didn't miscarry. And with my first baby, not with my second, I had to be on progesterone uh, during the luteal phase of my cycle, for so for a specific handful of days each month, uh, in order to achieve getting pregnant as well. Uh, so progesterone plays a really important important role in our lives monthly as women, but also uh, during pregnancy. It's really simple. Progesterone, if you break it down, means progestation, right? So being able to carry that baby to term. Now, we've had to ride with a napper physician like Dr. Caldwell. My progesterone levels uh, during both of my pregnancies, as they would dip and wouldn't uh, grow the way they're supposed to, because your body's supposed to produce more and more progesterone as the days, weeks, and trimesters go by. And uh, I struggled with progesterone development in my first pregnancy. We really had to watch it so that I didn't miscarry. And then in this, and then in the later half of pregnancy, you're not so much at risk of miscarrying a baby as the baby gets more developed, but you're at risk of preterm labor. So we made it through with my first daughter and then the second uh, pregnancy, I'm now about 34 weeks, and baby girl, this has been a harder one. My progesterone levels have dipped a lot during pregnancy, and we've had to work through kind of the ins and outs of monitoring progesterone. And a couple weeks ago, I kind of last minute, coincidentally, Dr. Caldwell was supposed to be here on trending with me. And I went into some pretty severe preterm labor and was struggling through um, everything. And we found out that my progesterone levels had dropped. I had an infection. My thyroid started acting up. And so it was this perfect storm where my body's going, hey, let's deliver this baby now. And we really had to treat my body for the next week. And I've really been recovering my strength over the last week or two uh, after a really difficult time. And a lot of it had to do with progesterone, um, checking on things that impact fertility, such as thyroid. So joining me now is Dr. Caldwell. We're going to get to your questions. Don't worry. We'll walk through those as well. But Dr. Caldwell, I was sharing some of my story. Um, Can you talk about how important progesterone 
progesterone is in pregnancy and in our lives as women and how this plays a role in the fertility crisis as well as in our day-to-day health and hormone makeup to keep us happy. Yes, progesterone is so important. Um, We make it during very key points in our lives. Um, it's made in tiny amounts in other glands, but, but mostly I'm talking about the progesterone that's made by the ovaries in ovulation each month. Um, it's, it's very important in helping our period to be regular to help uh, prevent those terrible PMS symptoms that we have. Um, that a lot of women have when their progesterone's low. Low progesterone um, can cause um, irregular cycles, heavy bleeding, like I said, PMS, PMDD, which is a more severe form of mood disorder that happens um, during the premenstrual part of our cycles. Um, and as you mentioned, it's crucial during pregnancy. It's the main hormone in pregnancy, and it has different effects in different parts of pregnancy. Uh, and so many women are fine. Their progesterone is just fine. But so many women, their progesterone in pregnancy is not fine. And it can cause, it can it can be a cause of miscarriage. And it can be a cause of different placental problems during um, pregnancy. And as you alluded like to, I'm sorry, go ahead, go ahead. we'll come back to the placenta so, problems. Yeah, so um, progesterone is made in, in the first trimester by the ovary. Um, and the ovary, the ovarian progesterone is helping the placenta, which is, will be the baby's lifeline for the entire pregnancy, the place where the blood is exchanged, um, this large organ that sits in the woman's womb that is the place where the blood is exchanged between the mom and the baby. So it's like the baby's lifeline. Well, if the progesterone made in the ovaries early in pregnancy is not adequate, it can cause the placenta to not form as well as it should. Um, and that's, un- that's terrible. Um, you know, obviously the placenta needs to be healthy, especially as the older the baby gets, um, the, the baby needs that support. And then later in pregnancy, um, the progesterone also acts to calm the, the, the muscles, like it acts as a relaxant to the uterine muscles. Um, and so uh, a lot of times women who have low progesterone will have a lot of, of, of contractions in a, in a time in pregnancy where they shouldn't be having contractions. Um, and that's, you know, of course, I'm not an OB, so I, I really can't go into great detail about what those would look like and all the details because I don't um, treat women who are pregnant. I just know how important progesterone is. Like I had a woman recently who I'd been following throughout pregnancy and we saw her levels had gotten really good around 20 weeks and we got her off progesterone. We were so happy, but I told her, I said, listen, if you get later into pregnancy and your doctor tells you, you have a lot of contractions, I want you to let me know. And sure enough, she let me know and we checked her levels and they were low again. So we got her back on progesterone um, and she's doing better. But generally, the OBs are not going to check this. Um, they will give a woman, you know, high doses of magnesium, which is an, also a smooth muscle relaxant. But it's not as um, important. I guess it's a, it, it has a lesser effect on the uterus than, than good old progesterone. 
Um, so mm-hmm. progesterone is, is really, even, even after pregnancy, um, progesterone naturally drops when the baby's delivered. And some women, um, their brains do not tolerate the drop from, say, 200 all the way to zero in terms of the levels. And some women will have severe anxiety and depression, hallucinations, real, real mental health issues just because their brain doesn't um, adjust to the change in progesterone. And so we have protocols to help those women. Um, and, and it's really powerful to see the effects that, that progesterone can have, uh, beneficial effects. So it's, it's beautiful. I've known a number of women who have worked with NAPRO physicians like yourself and postpartum to treat uh, postpartum depression. And it has taken care of postpartum depression within days for some women I've known. I wish more women knew about this resource. And I wish I didn't really know as well after my first baby. I was doing great. And then uh, we went through what was very, to me, a very traumatic move cross country, away from family, away from friends with a six week old. I found out when she was two weeks old, we were going to be moving. Um, and so, you know, we weren't sure if it, the depression that I was struggling with was just, you know, contextually because of the move or if it was also partially hormonal as well. And so I hope that more women kind of get those levels checked and get that resource uh, from our NAPRO doctors to help because postpartum depression is so hard for women along with mm-hmm. preterm labor. And then as you said, that placenta development for the baby, I had no idea that that was part of what was so important uh, for the development of the baby and that placenta was healthy progesterone levels as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. P- progesterone is just very crucial for pregnancy the whole entire time. But again, um, it's not something that I would recommend that every woman have checked. Um, I, I don't think that's necessary. I don't want to over, you know, I don't want to scare anybody to thinking that they have to, uh, everyone who has a healthy pregnancy has to ask for it. But women who right. have fertility, um, you know, real diagnosed infertility, that probably does need to be checked because they're, that that woman might have an issue with making progesterone and women who've had recurrent miscarriages. I think those are, those are women who definitely need to have their progesterone checked Mm. in pregnancy. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And we had signs of miscarrying with both of our baby girls now in the beginning and right away, because I know our NAPRO doctors like you, I said, okay, I need to see a NAPRO doctor and I need you to check my progesterone now. And I remember one of the physicians said, oh, you don't need to check your progesterone. I said, no, I want my progesterone to checked. You know, we're having signs of miscarriage with my first daughter. And sure enough, my progesterone was low. And so this is why NAPRO physicians like yourselves are so important, Dr. Caldwell. There are NAPRO physicians trained across the country. Um, that respect body, respect mom, respect baby, are pro-life, and we're going to post links to resources so that you can find a NAPRO physician near or closest to you, and also there are NAPRO physicians that do telemedicine now as well if there is not one in your geographic location. And I'll just say I know that these NAPRO physicians are in high demand and have wait lists in order to be seen, so if you are struggling, please contact that physician, get on that wait list. Even if I know, at least for me, you know, I had wanted to go and see a NAPRO physician before I got married just to check and see how things were because of my health history. And I never did. And I'm so glad, you know, that I did within, you know, about six months of marriage. But it really would have been a much longer journey had I not. So that actually does bring me, we have so many questions. I know we had one about endometriosis uh, that I was going to 
um, take, and we'll, we'll dive into that one in just a moment. But before we do, specifically on this topic, uh, one woman reached out. She shared, Jen shared that she started working with a NAPRO doctor like yourself in January of this year, and she still hasn't conceived yet. Dr. Caldwell said, do you have any encouraging words? Mm. Yes. So I hope she's charting with Creighton. Um, and, you know, I would, I would also say, you know, not, ev- not every doctor is created equal either. So I would just, you know, because some doctors kind of do NAPRO kind of on the side. Some doctors, you know, it's a, it's a huge part of their practice. So if she's not seeing a doctor who NAPRO is a huge part of their practice, if she's not seeing results, in other words, if she's not seeing healthy hormone levels. So what I, I, I do is after we optimize the hormone levels, um, especially in the luteal phase, and there's, the chart looks great. We've got great mucus. Like, everything's lining up. Um, so she could ask her Creighton practitioner and her NAPRO doctor, you know, hey, does everything look normal? Or am I having good enough cycles where I should be getting pregnant? Because it could be that they're still in a phase that they're working towards those really good, healthy cycles. Um, mm-hmm. And there are a number of criteria um, that we have for that, but but the doctor and the, and the teacher should be able to really help with that. But if everything is looking good and there's no pregnancy within you know six months of really good cycles, then I would refer to a napro surgeon because mm. at that point um, there might be something going on like a, a uterine infection, um, adhesions, endometriosis. Um, or some other, you know, anatomical um, uh, problem that that's kind of mm-hmm. keeping the sperm and the egg from meeting. So mm-hmm. that would be my recommendation um, for her. Excellent. Thank you so much. Um, a question came through from two women. And before, I just want to answer too. I think from the day I started to see a NAPRO physician until we found out we conceived was about 10 months. Um, so I know at least for us, it was 10 months. And I do always say we were working with a NAPRO physician. We were seeing changes, but I also did receive anointing of the sick uh, three weeks before we conceived my first baby girl. Um, so that was a huge gift. And I speak volumes to, you know, our story of salvation history is full of women who uh, struggled to get pregnant, who had years of barrenness, miraculous births from Elizabeth to the Blessed Virgin Mary herself to Anna and many other women in the story. So no, this is a part of salvation history and it's a part of our journey too as women. Um, same, similar question, both from Jen and from Lucy on social media on Instagram about endometriosis. Um, will endometriosis help or hurt chances of pregnancy if you move forward with having a surgery? So definitely if there is endometriosis, it really should be treated if at all possible. But it's very important that it is removed through excision surgery through a, um, a specialized fellowship-trained surgeon, preferably um, a NAPRO or, um, well, yeah, a NAPRO fertility surgeon, so not a local OB who may not be able to recognize, you know, endometriosis. So, yes, it, it should be treated if at all possible. And, again, you know, working with a teacher, a Creighton teacher, um, and making sure that all of everything's been looked at, right? All the hormones, 
if there's any other health underlying health things like insulin resistance, um, thyroid problems, everything should, because all these things can happen at the same time, right? It's not just all surgery or all, you know, hormones. It all can be um, optimized at the same time. But I'm a huge fan of surgery if it's, you know, if it's appropriate. And that's why it's nice having a doctor who's a napro doctor who maybe isn't a surgeon because you're just getting a very um, uh, kind of a non-biased, if you will, opinion. Um, and you feel good about that, you know, to be encouraged. Um, but, but endometriosis can really prevent pregnancy. And signs of that would be, you know, low mucus and um, some unusual bleeding and low estrogen and progesterone often in, in, the, in the cycle. So hormonal um, uh, deficiencies can also be a sign of endometriosis. So, yes, I'm a fan of treatment, but by a by a, um, an authorized, fellowship-trained mm-hmm. endometriosis surgeon. Fantastic. And by the way, my producer, Jim, is a huge fan of yours, Dr. Caldwell. He's listening now. He has children thanks to NAPRO technology as well. And he shared that his wife had this surgery uh, twice that you're talking about. It's uh, called laparoscopy, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Uh, excellent. So again, these stories of people who have struggled with fertility, who have had children by the grace of God and snapper physicians like yourself. Again, we're posting links on social media. Uh, they're also in my link tree and my Instagram as well, but we're posting on social media. Follow me at Timmerie, T-I-M-M-E-R-I-E, where Dr. Caldwell is also tagged on Instagram and you can find her website, drsusancaldwell.com. That's drsusancaldwell.com. It'll be in the episode notes with tons of resources. So this is an episode to share with your friends. Okay. Caroline on Instagram is asking, she said, my TSH keeps creeping up each month. 1.5, 2, 2.9, 3.2. They say it's normal. Uh, the, Caroline's asking, do I fire her? Mm, well, I don't know her who her is, but I would ask for more than the TSH to be checked. Um, for sure, I would ask for the the free T4, the total yes. T3, the free T3, mm-hmm. um, and the antibodies and the thyroid yes. antibodies, um, yep. because uh, the TSH. There's if if all you're looking for at, at looking at is the TSH. Um, then yeah, we need to, we need to stay at kind of below 2.0 if possible. But um, I, I have some patients who have a borderline TSH, maybe 2.5 or, or a little bit higher, but they have great free T3s and great free T4s. And so it really depends on what all those numbers are. So um, that would be great if the doctor could um, could check that. And I just want to make say a plug um, for a doctor. Uh, a NAPRO doctor surgeon who just um, started her own practice, um, and she's a tele has a telehealth. Pro- she may not be it may not be listed on any site yet, um, but her name is Christina Packis, um, P A K I Z, and her um, website is vivifyfertilityhealth.com. She was working with Thomas Hilgers in Omaha at the Pope Paul VI Institute. But just broke, like broke. I hate to say break free, not 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 in that way. But but she's now she really is only doing napro, and she's doing telehealth in in many many states. 
So Fantastic. We're posting a link to that on social media as well because the naprosurgeons are hard to find sometimes. Yes. And I know many women, I've had friends who have had to travel to, to work with them as well. Yeah, so this is a telehealth version of for a NAPWA surgeon. I mean, so this she can do everything. So um, I'm just so thrilled to be able to offer, you know, to be able to because again, these these doctors are just a um, they're they're rare and they're amazing. So we need to um, support them. Yeah. Yes, we do. And again, we need these resources. And so many of my friends are struggling with fertility. And I wish, you know, some of them knew years earlier that they knew about this when they were in high school before they were put on the pill for 15 years for PCOS. And now they're struggling to conceive. So these are resources we need to be passing along. Okay, a mom on Instagram asked, uh, she said, do I need to have my cesarean scar defect repaired to have a baby? She said, I've had four miscarriages since my C-section. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and yes. Oh my goodness. That's so important. Um, in fact, I would, we had our annual NAPRO uh, meeting this summer and, um, there was a doc, a surgeon there, um, who Gavin put off P-U-T, um, O-F-F out of St. Louis, um, Missouri. He gave a wonderful talk on that to all of us who are not surgeons and explained the importance of correcting that defect because it's, it's high, you're just at, at high risk for miscarriage, but it's very important to find somebody who knows how to do that. Um, and, and NAPRO um, surgeons um, are, are expert at that as part of their training. So um, definitely would look for that, yes. I had never heard about that before. I know a lot of women who have had C-sections have had a hard time conceiving later. They're often told, you know, to limit how many children they have. And that's a whole other conversation for another day, how uh, C-sections are being pushed a little too heavily. And it's preventing women from being able to have, you know, the size and number of children uh, that they would like to be able to have, God willing. Uh, so I think that's definitely another topic for another day, but I'm so glad that we got that question because I had no idea that scarring um, from C-sections can actually lead to miscarriages. So please do see a NAPRO physician, specifically a surgeon. We've linked to Dr. Packers on social media, vivifyfertilityhealth.com, as well as it'll be in the episode notes for today's show. You can find that at relevantradio.com forward slash trending or wherever you catch your podcasts. Okay. Sherry on Instagram is asking, okay, this is a whole nother topic for another day. More on endometriosis. Um, please, if you've been with us this hour, thank you so much for joining us, supporting Relevant Radio. Share this episode with a friend. Dr. Susan Caldwell can be found at drsusancaldwell.com. I'll post the link on social media. Thanks for supporting our work here at Relevant Radio. If you'd still like to donate, relevantradio.com is the place to go.